Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 63 of the Own the Moment podcast. My name is TJ Lasig. I'm one of the co-founders here at OTM. And as always, I'm joined by my co-founder, Mr. Justin Herzig. Justin, how are we doing tonight? Doing well. Thank you for having me, TJ. It, uh, it is great to be back on a show, not having to go solo with the emergency one last week. That was an experience. Uh, I don't know if you made it to the end. I even had to stall because I'm trying to push the button the right way and stuff. But it is great to be back with not only a co-host, but a fantastic guest. I'm excited. Let's get this going. Yeah, hey, you did a, you did a great job for the first time. <laughs> Solo pod there. You know, it gives you a little bit of extra appreciation for what Coop's got going on behind the scenes. Lots of buttons that you have to click. He makes it look easy, but uh, it definitely is a little bit to have to figure out. So hopefully you guys checked out Justin's emergency podcast about the DraftKings drop, because if you were able to get a Tom Brady NFT, you uh, are likely pretty happy but we will touch on that later in the show. First, we must introduce, as Justin alluded to, our very special guest this evening, the man that's been crushing the content game and spent some time in Vegas recently for the Summer League. We've got the founder of PackRip Media, Mr. PackRip himself. What's Hello. On, Good evening. How are you guys? Doing well. Doing well. Me too. I'm doing great. All right. Happy to have you on board with us tonight. Just give a, a quick rundown here. So we're going to talk through the the Vegas Summer League experience for someone that was or from someone that was on the ground floor himself and just talk generally about the the buzz that has been the offseason. I think that it's been a, a pretty awesome couple of you know two or so weeks here since the offseason has begun. We're going to talk through collecting teams and sets, which has really gotten a, a ton of attention on Twitter. And we're also, of course, going to talk through the new collection tracker that we just launched earlier today on the Own the Moment site that helps you track your progress against these teams and sets that everyone's out there trying to complete. And then we will finish things off with some talk about the DraftKings NFT drop. We had the Tom Brady one last week. We've got the Wayne Gretzky one coming up next. And of course, we will have giveaways in the chat. So make sure you are making your presence known so that producer Coop can uh, get you on the wheel and we've got some uh, some fun packs to open here still. We do. I, th I think we need to address the elephant in the room because if you've been reading the chat, pack rip, I mean, they want to see the face. Look at this. We've got Top Shot Tandy thinking you're going to have some kind of delayed, pro delayed traumatic effect. We got someone saying that you actually must just be pack rip viewing. I love the Freak Nation. Uh, we got talking about the Vegas with maybe someone might have got a sneak peek view with a picture. Do people want to see the face, Pack Rip? Yeah, you know, I was under the impression that this is a podcast recording <laughs> and there's no video typically associated with a podcast. But for those of you that are listening, whether live on this YouTube stream or in the podcast on demand, I'm wearing a t shirt and shorts. Um, <laughs> I have a mug full of bourbon. I may or may not have smoked a bowl uh, in my garage about 20 minutes ago, and I'm in the basement of my wife's parents' house, and there's a bunch of shit everywhere, and uh, I'm sitting in my office. So I know that we go. have some, we've Take got some great artists in chat. Someone give us that. Someone give us a little MS Paint, put it on Twitter, and tag us, and uh, if we get some good ones, we will then put that up, and you guys can see the artistic rendering of pack reviewing. Beautiful. Love it. <laughs> All righty, man. Well, let's let, let's start right off with Vegas. So, yeah, you want to tell the people a little bit about your Vegas experience? You know, what 
what drove you to decide to go out there in the first place. I know that we're, we're a little jealous here. At least I know I am at OTM that we didn't make a trip out, but maybe, maybe 2022 20, summer league will be a, a big top shot community party. Well, and, but uh, and, yeah. And you got to give the top shot story. Cause I mean, I'm sure most people don't know, but it really just started with one tweet and then uh, the power of one tweet can bring you to Vegas. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wild, wild journey. Um, I had no idea I would be going to Vegas. Truly, um, I had not planned to go to Vegas. I was literally going to the Jersey Shore with my wife and her family for her grandmother's 85th birthday that weekend. Um, that was like my weekend plan for the weekend that I went to Vegas. And on Tuesday or Wednesday, Top Shot had announced that they were going to do this Vegas trip, the equivalent of their you know draft and game five kind of VIP collector experience. And, you know, I'm practical enough to know that I'm not going to win that contest. Um, but I also, you know, I'm a very avid content creator and was just feeling a little confident, I guess. And I just kind of shot my shot um, and quote tweeted their kind of like announcement of this Vegas trip and said, listen, if you guys want to send me to Vegas, I'll abandon all my responsibility, create content the whole time and do whatever you need. And, you know, you don't really expect them to like, take you up on that offer. It's just like being a jerk on Twitter. Um, and, you know, enough people engaged with that tweet that perhaps they, you know, considered whether or not it was worth doing. And maybe an hour later, I got a DM and they were like, hey, we think we could do it. And I was just like, you can't like joke about that. Like, unless you can't <laughs> say that and, and like get my hopes up. Um, and it's like by that night, we were like on the phone talking about logistics and making it official. So I literally went to my wife and I was like, in between that first DM and the evening kind of confirmation phone call, um, where I literally just tweeted like, hey, sent me to Vegas. And they were like, yeah, you're going to come to Vegas. Um, I go to her, I was like, hey, babe, um, so you're going to be a little mad, but do you mind if I um, don't go to your grandma's birthday this weekend and go to Vegas instead to cover NBA Summer League for Top Shot? And she was like, what are you talking about? I was like, yeah, this is like a real thing that's happening. And she's like, that's great. You should go. Um, like, have fun. Like, I'm proud of you. Um, so I was just like, oh, amazing. Like, thank you so much. And like literally that night or the next morning, I booked my flight. And Saturday morning, I showed up in Vegas with a room at the Park MGM. Um, the first games were on Sunday. So I pretty much had the day to myself. Walked the strip, got into some trouble, had some Vegas fun, won a few hundred bucks playing roulette, ate some good food, you know, just like did a live stream on Twitter with like Jen Sutto and some people just chatting top shot and walking the strip and having fun. Um, and the next three days, Sunday, Monday and Tuesday were like three days of NBA Summer League VIP top shot experience with like one or two cool things every day that you wouldn't have expected. Very cool. And then, so who was the group that you were were with? Because we saw some pictures and stuff. And so, were these all other people who had won the VIP, won an actual VIP experience, or what was the actual? Who was that group? Yeah. So it was me. Um, I went by myself. There were eight collectors who had won the contest, um, plus their guest. So sixteen total people. Um, and then there were probably like five or six people from Top Shot that were with us. Um, various members of the team. Jacob showed up on Monday, but like Hallie was there. Trevor was there. Austin was there. Um, you know, Alan Falcon popped in for a little bit of the day. He 
lives locally. So it was a good crew. Like, you know, we got to hang out with the Top Shot crew, um, get to know them. There were more people working the booth, like that were just dedicated to the to the kiosk. Excuse me. Um, but that was the core crew. It was me, those 16 winners, Top Shot people. And then like the Moment Ranks guys showed up in Vegas. Um, the Team Hold guys showed up in Vegas and a bunch of collectors that did not win, but were just like, this seems cool, let's go. Um, we're also there. So there's like a really solid, very big Top Shot community presence. I would say, you know, over the course of those three days, probably hung out with like 40 to 50 different Top Shot collectors, which is just turns out really fun. <laughs> yeah. And probably, I mean, like we haven't had any official meetups yet. Top Shot's always talked about these in-person things, but they haven't really come to fruition. You obviously have the draft, you have the finals for the smaller groups. But for people who could just kind of, you know, decide to go themselves, this was kind of the first time where really could you could interact with other Top Shot collectors. Uh, can only imagine that had, a, you know, just a bit of a surreal experience after what the past, you know, six, eight, 12 months, year, depending on how long like you've been in and such. Yeah, it was a very like kinetic, energetic kind of vibe throughout the Cox Center um, and Thomas and Mac. It was it was a lot of fun. And, you know, like obviously the finals experience they did was really cool. The draft experience they did was really cool. But those were both like very exclusive events where like there's no realistic way for you to go to either of those things unless you're going with Top Shot. Whereas Summer League is just like, hey, anyone could buy a ticket for the day for like 30 bucks and show up. Um, so it was very inviting and, you know, it showed the strength and enthusiasm of the community that that many people, you know, within four days notice, three days notice, were just like, let's go to Vegas and go to summer league and hang out. Um, so there's a good crew. Um, the, the games are a lot of fun, like summer league in general for, I've never been before. Um, but there's basically two basketball courts a hundred yards away from each other connected indoors, um, at the UNLV campus campus, which is like five, 10 minutes off the strip. And it's like March Madness. I mean, from like noon to 8 p.m., there are two consecutive games happening all day. So you have eight games. It's a lot of fun. If you like yeah. basketball, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Very cool. And then the kiosk. We've seen the pictures. We saw Halliburton getting his moments. I mean, based off what the ones that are in the marketplace, we had a 2300, 2800, and 4100 mint. You could get at least 10 of you can get up to 10 of them. So, I mean, you probably saw between, I don't know, 200 and 1,000, maybe 400 and 1,000 people using this kiosk on, on each time. What was your experience like with that? So, the kiosk itself is beautiful, really well done. I mean, I work in marketing, I've been to like a lot of events, a lot of big conferences, a lot of in arena or like in person activations. And it was like truly like premium grade A kind of booth <laughs> um a lot of energy music lights you know photo walls big screens playing moments on loop um and they had like four or five tables set up and you just kind of showed up um the line was pretty much always full um some longer than others but like there was demand there were people waiting there were people gladly waiting there were a lot of people talking in line but you showed up and within like you know i would say for existing collectors day one it probably took like a minute per transaction um you know you, you showed up you opened your top shot account on your phone so they had like your account details and your account name for reference you told them how many moments you wanted i picked 10 every time i mean anyone who was a top shot collector i think would probably pick 10 every time um i, I tried to like honestly ask them 
because I was like hanging out with them, right? I was kind of like making content and part of both groups. I was like, you know, what numbers do you guys have? Like, do you know anything on like, you know, what percentage of people are new versus returning customers or, you know, how many packs on average are people buying? And they were like, oh, we're tracking it. Like they wouldn't tell me, but they were tracking it. So I'm sure that they'll like, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a blog post from like The Economist about like how many new customers, blah, 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 like numbers from Summer League. Um, but within like, you know, I used Apple Pay, you could use credit card. It was very fast. You couldn't use Dapper Wallet for whatever reason. Um, maybe because it was like a kind of quick thing or just how it was set up for this one time. I have to imagine in the future they'll kind of address that. But uh, I mean, it was less than a minute. And then day two and day three, it was like 30 seconds to to buy and leave once you were kind of with the person. And then they either gave you every time a pack or a, or a shirt. Um, so you could buy 10 moments and then a base pack or a shirt. And it was a lot of fun. It was really cool. They did a great job. I mean, they hired people, I think, to man that booth. There were some Top Shot staff and some kind of like event staff just to deal with the volume. But I think that it probably went better than they expected. Um, if I had to guess, like if I'm the NBA, I'm very excited by how that went and how much. I mean, everywhere you walked in during the games, you saw people in Top Shot shirts. You saw people talking about Top Shot. Conversation was constant. Um, it seemed like there were a lot of new people that were there, like on day two and day three, especially. Um, you could probably attribute like the bull bowl surge in terms of like mint count. I think he had like a 1300 higher mint count than the previous two was that if you think about like the flow of how quickly it happened, um, you know, Sunday night, the first games ended. And by Monday night, the first moment from Sunday hit the marketplace Monday night, you know, this, that Monday moment hadn't been minted yet. That wouldn't come out till Tuesday. So by Tuesday morning, Tuesday afternoon, all you knew was that that, that Killian Hayes moment from Sunday that was $5 is selling for like 80, 90 bucks. You'd be stupid not to go buy 10 bowl bowl moments, knowing how much more it was selling for. Um, and honestly, maybe that's why there were more people on Tuesday that bought them, but uh, you know, a ton of excitement, a ton of energy. The kiosk was really cool. People were ripping packs open. Um, you know, they had a connecting screen with like a you know modern technology, but whatever the case. Um, so people were constantly ripping packs. They were pumping the music. It was a lot of fun, a lot, a lot of energy. And you know, Tyrese Halliburton showed up. Other people were there. There was constantly NBA players. Kind of like that's one of the cool things about summer league. I think is that just everywhere you walk. They're just players coming back and forth. Shams is there. Like owners are there. There's just a lot of like NBA activity. Um, and it was all centered around this kiosk because it was like the perfect location between the two games where you couldn't walk past it without seeing it. Um, so it was pretty cool. It was, it was really cool to be there for the first time that ever happened to mint those moments, um, to go through that experience. It was also really cool to like get an honest taste for what kind of like energy and excitement Top Shop brings to an in real life basketball experience because that was the first time they'd ever done it. And like, if you were to go to Madison square garden and something like that existed or the Staples center or anything that is going to be pretty compelling to a lot of new collectors and existing collectors. Um, it'll be, it'll be a, a game changer. I truly believe that. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see how these prices fare um, as they continue to do these kind of in-person fandom ones. I mean, like, cause Ryan made an interesting comment. He's like, Hey, you could lose $1,700 in the blackjack table and still make it out even with those summer league moments. And I think it's actually more. Cause if you think what each one was $5, right? 
So your profit on each one, not including whatever costs, like 40, 90, 115, 245, that comes out to like almost a little under $2,500. Yeah. If you maxed out there, and even if you get rid of costs and blah, 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 like that's $2,000 just for showing up and maxing those out. That's, that's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. I sold like 12 or 13 and made, you know, the peak value, um, I would say, for those for, you know, it went well. And then I gave away the rest just through like Twitter and, and stuff that I was doing there because honestly, I was just very grateful to be there. Like it was an incredible experience. I had a ton of fun. I worked my butt off, but it was uh, it was a lot of fun and I wanted to give back as much as I could. And then I spent all the dapper that I got from those moments um, on a bunch of stuff. <laughs> what else are you supposed to do with dapper? You just got to buy more. End it, man. You can't hold that dapper. Come on. Especially not now when things are pumping. Absolutely not. So thinking through, um, we've got these three moments. Let me go back real quick. Did they say anything around like how often they're thinking about doing this? Um, I don't think they did, but I don't know if you know. They they didn't. Um, You know, it was the first time they'd ever done it. They were very, you know, they were happy, I think, with how it was going. Um, There was no like you know, conversation or commitment as to like how often they're thinking about it. I certainly asked. I was trying to get answers and ask them questions every day, all day. You know, I didn't really um, learn anything, but I spoke with the owner of the Kings. Uh, I interviewed him at the kiosk on Tuesday, which was wild. Like on Tuesday, I played basketball Tyrus Halliburton in the morning. Um, Everyone played basketball Tyrus Halliburton in the morning, which was a lot of fun, really cool guy. And then that afternoon, I literally interviewed the owner of his team. Um, it's just wild that Top Shot, from a utility perspective, at least for me, I mean, everyone got to play with Halliburton. Not everyone might have wanted to interview the owner of the Kings, um, but I got to do that in like one day. That's really, really cool. Um, but I would say that... You know, it just seems like this is the most likely outcome for what they've been like planning for if you just kind of like look at the, the steps they've made with collector score with these kind of metrics to measure fandom they're advertising themselves and you know in, at the end of every video um the future of fandom or the currency of fandom so like i think that really i expect in in series three like every team to have this at least once truly um i would i would be very surprised if they didn't hit every arena at least once Um, I'd be curious how often they do it. I think it's going to go really well. I think that like from a new user, new collector acquisition perspective, um, you know, there's only so much word of mouth that exists on social media. When you tap out a demographic group and need to like expand to like more people, right? Like my, our parents who might love the NBA and might like go to games, you know, our dads or whatever, aren't going to like find out about top shot on Twitter. Um, or in or in Discord, right? So in terms of like attracting a wider a wider user base, um, you know, I think that like dads that go to NBA games with their kids and want a souvenir and could buy a moment from the game for five bucks or ten bucks and have that with each other, and then that dad kind of gets the, the vibe of like, oh, cool, look at these VIP things they're doing. If I have like every Knicks moment, you know, maybe maybe we'll do that together and it'll be like a fun father son thing. I could see that like being a thing, and I could see a lot of people that don't know about Top Shot from like 
our social media circles that got us here in January or February or March um, would become Top Shot customers through that in arena activation and, and user experience. Um, you know, like it's halftime, someone's ripping a pack on the Jumbotron. They cut away to a VIP suite in the third quarter of like, you know, complete set holders. There's a section in the arena where like people that own maybe series one or series two or have a certain collector score requirement could like get discounted tickets or free tickets to the game and have t-shirts like, you know, keep in mind how many people go to like NBA games every week across the country, right? Like the average capacity of an arena is 20,000 people or, or more. Um, so in terms of just like what, what, what does marketing look like for top shot? How do they like grow the user base and get more collectors to match, you know, supply and demand. I do think that they will, see how many new people discover top shot in vegas at summer league we're like frankly what the hell are you doing at summer league if you aren't a huge nba fan and if you're a huge nba fan at summer league and you don't know about top shot that means that you know we're early right to like bang the cliche drum um that's a lot of collectors and nba fans that like don't do this yet and that like reasonably would want to do it when they find out about it like top shot as a product as an experience is freaking great you don't try it and be like, ah, eh, you know what? Not for me. I'm good. So, yeah. Yeah. And we we're showing Mike G's comment on the screen, uh, but he mentioned that he talked to Dumbo. They said they'd obviously can't do every game next season, but they want to hit every arena for sure. Um, I honestly think that it'd be, I don't know, even a lot of effort just to do one night, um, like build up that large thing just in one arena and then travel. So I could see them maybe doing like a, hey, maybe there's a back to back or something at home and they do like back, you know, two nights there and then go on. We're just trying to think through like, okay, if you expect there's going to be at least 30, maybe your cap is 60, maybe you throw in some playoffs as well. I think 30 to 60 is a nice set. And now this becomes a set that is, you know, probably the most difficult set to acquire um, as a complete set, because yeah. obviously not everyone's able to go in person. And then from a circulation wise, uh, I think these summer league ones, even though you're able to get 10, will probably continue to be some of the most rare. Um, because what you think, how many people are actually attending an NBA game, um, unless they're going to start limiting it to one per person, which I doubt they would. I think they would probably do at least like two, maybe up to three to five. Uh, I think these numbers or two, you know, 2,300, 2,800, 4,000 will still seem like, you know, more of more on the rare side for this fandom tier. Um, but, uh, no, it's, I think it's really exciting and, uh, keep going. I think there's been a question, couple of questions in chat we can answer, TJ. We have a couple minutes. Yeah, let's do it. Alright, uh, our friend over at Baller Blockchain was asking uh, thoughts on teams promoting their own NFTs versus promoting Top Shot. Uh, I think this is pretty interesting. Um, and we have a little insight into this, obviously, with the work we were doing around the Pistons. Um, and then also been hearing some things, uh, you know, Jack Settleman on uh, one of the club top shots a week or two ago kind of gave some insight about what he was hearing about how invested uh, and how much of a joint partnership, uh, joint revenue stream this really is for the NBA. Uh, so I do believe that like, actually the NBA, the teams do have a monetary incentive uh, to kind of support top shot and really help this grow out and really make it the future fandom and that larger community aspect. Uh, what I would say is from our conversations with the Pistons and what we've learned is that the NFTs that they're releasing are not about money. It's not about kind of a cash grab. It's not about even just trying to like make it a revenue stream. It's really a drop in the bucket, a drip in the bucket in the larger scheme of things. But it's a way to connect with their fans and potentially grow new fans. Um, a lot of these NFTs, um, you know, for 
for the Warriors. You may even include the Bulls. Teams that have that larger either national or international following, um, it seems like their NFTs were more focused on the actual NFT aspect. The other teams that don't have that following seems like they were more focused on the actual local, whether their PR, their marketing strategy was trying to get their actual local group. I mean, they're their local fans. The utility that they added, you look at the Pistons, a lot of it's around a meeting group with a player, tickets to games. And so I think that's how I'd think of the difference between these two from the, the top shop versus their own NFTs. Their own is really around their fans, their hardcore and trying to continue to engage and grow. And Top Shot seems to be more of just a younger generation of NBA and basketball fans, um, which may not immediately turn into like, uh, you know, fans of an individual team or at least not, you know, maybe maybe spread out across or something. Yeah, yeah. I think it's good for NBA teams to embrace other NFTs, too. I mean, the more NFTs, the better. There's plenty of room for everyone, I think. And, you know, I think Top Shot is the NBA's NFT for everyone. And it will remain, you know, the lead project for the league and the most kind of compelling product with the most kind of long-term value. But I do think that, you know, if other franchises want to experiment with NFTs in other ways, that's a great thing for Top Shot. It helps them learn more about what teams want. Um, it's pushing teams to think about this stuff more. Um, just a great thing. I mean, when I spoke to the King's owner, he was telling me about like three or four other NFT projects that they've been trying or have, or have done. Um, yeah. So, you know, teams are doing it for sure. NFTs are not going away. Yeah. And so one thing about the teams, uh, why we just saw so many projects over the past couple of weeks um, is the NBA did run a pilot program for these NFTs. Each NBA team is allowed to create up to a thousand NFTs and distribute them. Uh, as part of that pilot, and then they were going to kind of circle around and see how successful it was, how it went, and determine whether or not they extend it. Um, that pilot program, I believe, just completed, or if it hasn't just completed, it's going to be completing fairly soon. Um, but that's why we saw so many. And I did like Ryan's comment up here as well, where uh, I completely agree. If I'm a fan of a team, I want both. Uh, and this is more to that aspect of like, hey, we want NBA fans. We want, you know, people who are actual fans of the product. These aren't just flippers. And uh, the people who are interested in the actual team NFTs and Top Shot most likely are ones who are true, like either NBA and or fans of a specific team. Yeah, I think there's definitely room for for both things here. And that's a great segue into to the next topic, which is just around the concept of collecting sets and specifically collecting team sets too. This is something that We've been pretty focused on here at OTM, just in terms of trying to help people find the, the best ways that they can collect some of their favorite teams, providing tools and info to help out with that. And it's been getting a lot of, a lot of buzz and talk on Twitter lately. I, I think it's pretty cool. We got people out there trying to, to identify other people that have collected the same full team as them. So saw people that were on a, on a search for their favorite teams and just wanted to, to share with everyone, for those of you that did not see it, the new collection tracker that we released earlier today. So we changed up the top nav a little bit here. So for people that go on the OTM NFT site, you can now go to the collection dropdown. That is where you'll see the account valuation and the collector score calculator. And then the new collection tracker where it will be personalized for your profile. You have to be logged in in order to see it, but uh, you can then go ahead and see the progress that you've made against all of the team sets all of the sets themselves. It'll also show you any complete teams, complete sets that you have, how much progress you've made, the cost to complete, and then 
list out for you all of the, the moments that you need in order to, to get all the way there. And then we also have the challenges. So you can see how many challenges you've completed in the past. And then if there were active challenges here, you'd also see the progress against your challenges there. So how many of the, the moments that are in an active challenge do you own? So I just I want to, call, to share that with the folks. I want to call out one of our friends. Let's uh, let's put Dingling in here. Here we go. So you can also search for any user here and get their get their info. So let's take a look at our good friend. You could pull me up Dingling. too. Okay. Yeah, well, we'll so the reason next. why Dingling, Dingling because we were joking with um about it was he can complete the spurs by spending nine dollars. He can complete the bowls by spending fourteen dollars. <laughs> if, if you go to the sets, go to the sets. Uh, I'm pretty sure that he's sleeping by the time that, you know, we put this out. So when he wakes up in the morning, I have a feeling he's going to go spend $13 and finish hustle and shell. Get that last throw down. Come on, dang Um, Or if you want to go the other extreme, TJ, you want to type in Alexo? Oh, yeah. Alexo is the, <laughs> everything. the true good. Literally everything. Literally it's, everything. It's unreal. Neil had to custom make a banner for him that says. A casual oh, 17,000 moments. All Whoa. team sets completed, all sets completed, <laughs> and he, I believe, I believe Alex has also completed every single challenge ever, literally ever. Six challenges. I mean, that is just pure dedication <laughs> because, okay, if somebody wanted to come in now, you could theoretically go and buy every set. But in order to complete every challenge, you had to have done it at the time that the challenge was active. You can't retroactively do that. <laughs> so that is literally months and months and months of pure dedication to NBA Top Shot. So it's incredible. Yeah, shout out, Alexo. Just a, a, a true <laughs> a true OG that I feel like doesn't get a, enough street cred, enough recognition. So uh, That's true. shout out. I like Corey's like... Let's uh let's pump up the moment he needs. Yeah, let's price him out of the market. We let's take that five dollar moment and jump it all the way up so that he can't <laughs> afford it. I love this. Uh, Coop was talking about earlier, and he's like, "Yeah, it's only like nine dollars for him to complete this set." And then he's like, "But it's actually probably thirteen hundred or so if he completes the number one, which he's gonna buy of that set to get the completion." And I'm Wait, like, oh. this is actually exactly what Eric just said here because we, we said the same thing <laughs> when we were talking about this. We said actually Dingling would never just buy the lowest moment. He would, he would have to go out and buy the number one or jersey. That's fantastic that Eric's you know, so the real bottleneck becomes who owns number one of the sets he still needs. <laughs> yes, yes, there you go. That's, that's actually the real bottleneck. That's a valuable analysis right there. Oh, too funny. I hope someone goes and looks and sees if that's available at a decent price. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, definitely wanted to, to share this feature with everyone. Hopefully y'all like that can uh, can check that out. Look and see if there's any teams or sets that you can get completed. But like, I, I really do think that we're just seeing the beginning of some of the utility with regards to the team sets. I mean, the sets, I mean, we've already seen it with sets and the cool cats, for example. Right. So I could see some utility there. But I think as we get into more of this in person, in arena interactions, I think there's going to be value in owning complete team sets or having high collector scores for specific teams. And so we're going to continue to try and try and roll out some updates to, to help you all with that. Yeah. And um, my guess, this is me guessing, but the way that I see this playing out is that we've heard that team sets, getting complete teams are very important. I think as we get more in arena connect, working with the actual NBA teams, those complete team sets, team sets, I think continue to be um, increasing in relevance um, and kind of value. Now, 
a lot of the reason why people are not able to complete team sets right now is because there are some run it backs. There are some moments of players who were on that team for that one moment that are too expensive. I mean, Oklahoma City is the great example with KD. However much that run it back is, it's very expensive. Uh, I believe when they have these new moments coming out for Series 2 with the um, you know, the running back, whatever we're calling it, but the kind of the throwback ones, uh, I think they're going to use specifically try to find moments because they said they're going to create some repeats. So I think it'd be advantageous and it fits the strategy to potentially come out with more affordable moments of the same player. So, for example, maybe they had a far more available KD on Oklahoma City. So then fans that want to complete that team set are able to do it at a more affordable price. Um how that may impact strategy, I'm not sure. As I said, have no information. It's just my thought. I'm like, this makes too much sense for them not to do it. Um, and then that also just makes the, you know, make makes those complete sets like more just attainable. And uh, Packrip, I think you were doing some uh, set completing recently. Yeah. So I have the next complete set um, that was always from the day I joined Top Shot, like my number one goal to collect every next moment. Um, I have that for series one and series two. The nice thing about series one is that, you know, you can have the common version of that debut moment. You don't need the rare and the legendary. It could be any one of those three. Um, and, you know, I paid up and got Amare and Carmelo um, run it back. So I think good prices for, for what they were. I got a Amare for like 900 and Carmelo for 2,500. Um, very happy with those purchases that they release common moments of either of those players. I will collect those two. That's totally cool. Um, I think there's plenty of fans and collectors coming that will eat up that supply. Like it's a delicious dessert uh, <laughs> without much, without much uh, resistance. Um, and then I completed rising stars over the weekend, um, which I'm very excited about, you know, for me, obviously Nick's MSG utility being like, I'm pack reviewing, right? Like I need to have the whole next set. It's just why I'm here. Um, but I, I, there was like, I, I had this appetite to own another complete set. I had hustle and show and I had um, the gift and I sold both of those. Just like got rid of those moments. I'm not really interested in like collecting common moments anymore um, deliberately. Cause I think that they have said time and time again, that common moments will be common and rare and legendary moments will have, more significance or value or specialness to them, whatever that might mean. And even if that's just in collector score, so be it. But like, if I'm going to collect the common, I'm going to connect, like, collect like the $5, $6 moment of a good player that I like. But um, for me, I wanted a rare set and having kind of just like paid attention. And I think also being in Vegas rookies and like young players really seem to like top shot and top shot really seems to have like a very strong relationship with a lot of these younger guys, Halliburton is it involved. Cole Anthony is involved at the draft. They played with Obi Toppin. Like the young guys and Top Shot kind of have a thing going on. So for me, I'm like Rising Stars is like an established NBA brand. I would imagine that set is going to come back. Like Series One, there was no Rising Stars because it was the pandemic and there was no basketball, no All Star game. Um, I feel like Rising Stars has that like significance and history for Top Shot, where the game got canceled um, and it was never played. But, like, it's great players. I mean, the Anthony Edwards throwdown is literally, like, the three-time unofficial Collector's Choice Awards winner, one of the best dunks on the platform, if not the best dunk. LaMelo, great play- I mean, so Halliburton, Wiseman. You have great players. For every rookie, it's, like, their first rare moment on the platform. And I just think that, like, 
the future utility potentially of what rising stars and having a complete rising star set um, might hold could be one of the cooler presumptive benefits to have in a set. Like there will always be cool rookies and great rookie moments. And I think that rising stars will continue and like have uh, cool potential for in real life kind of functions. Yeah. And I mean, without a doubt, what I've seen from Twitter is just people love this. This makes it really feel like that collecting aspect. And that's what we're trying to do with the tracker is just, Hey, you know, give you that goal, show you how you're doing, make it easy to understand what the next step is or what you've got to do to kind of get there, how much it costs, et cetera. And uh, the tweets that we put out around like the complete sets when we first did it with the team sets and now the tracker, like I haven't seen like the top shot community on Twitter get as excited as they have around these complete sets. And I think that is just a fantastic from an engagement, from a true collector standpoint, all the things that top shot really wants and uh, it kind of creates like a gamification. And uh, so I think this is just the beginning. Um, it is, you know, we at OTM have to decide where we're making investments from a development standpoint. And the reason why this was prioritized is because we feel that this is going to continue to be important going forward and the people really do enjoy it. So um, it kind of goes there. And uh, so Neil, well done. I know you are watching back home and stuff, but uh, without a doubt, you are a wizard with creating a lot of this stuff and the whole team, the whole team. It looks great. Like, honestly, kudos to you guys. Um, I hadn't checked it out before today, but it's truly beautiful. Um, excellent work. I'm really impressed. Um, I like it a lot. And to your point, like, I do think that sub communities of complete set or complete team collectors um, and being able to connect with other fans or other collectors through Top Shot and form, you know, in real life relationships or potentially meet and hang out, whatever, is like super cool. And I think that's where they're going. And I think that makes a ton of sense. And like, it's very exciting. I, I, I think that like what they're building towards, you know, we're all just really impatient and like bored. So it's easy to get like frustrated or, you know, angry or complain. But I think that like long-term what the NBA is building with NBA Top Shot and what, I mean, moment collection and like value aside, just like what we'll be able to do um, as fans of teams will be worth the price of admission. Yeah. Absolutely. You know what was also frustrating, TJ? What is that, Justin? DraftKings? No. Ooh, not DraftKings. DraftKings. Uh -oh. Here we go. If I've ever Here seen we go. I, so I was just looking at, I don't know if you were involved in this at all, background. These prices are crazy. There was a lot of good. There was a lot of good that There's happened. There's a lot of good, but then one I, I, did not, I did not touch the DraftKings Tom Brady yeah. drop. It was a lot of good and then some very bad. So let's uh, – do you want to start with the bad or the good, Justin? Or how, how, do, you, start with how the good. do you want to go about this? Yeah, start with the good. Um, so at a high level, um, it was you know, 1.5 million monthly active users are on DraftKings. Uh, having – what DraftKings <laughs> – that's a lot. That's a lot. And they're all people who are sports fans, people who are speculating on sports, whether it's the betting. I guess you do have some of the casino side, but primarily you've got that heavy, heavy, strong sports segment. And uh, I personally believe that and because I've gotten emails about it. I got push notifications about it. This is going to be the largest push from sports fans to NFTs that we've seen since Top Shot and potentially even larger. Um so that's a major positive for what Autograph is doing and building it on Top Shot. Uh, I mean, on DraftKings. The demand that we saw even from the very first drop was substantial. Um, 
this TBD on how much of that was real demand, but like without a doubt, you know, you're buying these for $12. I think they're now going for 245 with, you know, they weren't trying to do a cash grab. They understood that they were pricing these significantly, you know, substantially cheaper than what the secondary market would go to. And if you compare on like a Brady top shot to LeBron top shot, like without a doubt, $1,500 for something out of 12 is a huge discount. Um, and then from the experience, the onboarding, they used, they learned a lot from Top Shot. They used a queue. Um, things went pretty smoothly. Then the next day happened, and uh, that's where things uh, got a little bit weird. Um, to fill people in, um, people saying, you know, "Hey, it's on the blockchain. We can see who actually received them. We can see who has them for sale and such." And uh, what we could see is that there were quite a few users who received more than one. And there was one user who actually received all five of the signed autograph ones by Tom Brady. Really? Um, yes. Uh, maybe they were just lucky. Um, but if you run the numbers, it, <laughs> it turned luck. out to be a one in 300 trillion chance. <laughs> it's one in some billion to win the lottery, like the Powerball. So a one in 300 trillion. And uh, obviously that is not just luck. And then it was more than just one person. There were others that had multiple. There was one person who had all but 25, one or something. Um, and people quickly realized that you know, it, it wasn't a DraftKings thing, um, but DraftKings was using a third-party software, uh, Qit, And there apparently was no limit on how many times you could enter the queue just by opening new tabs. And so people were either using bots or just manually opening tons and tons and tons of tabs. And uh, that's how people ended up kind of skirting the system. And uh, did they do anything illegal? No. Did they do something that was wrong? It's up for debate. They found a vulnerability and they, you know, they exploited it. Um, but uh, it's not good. Not good that that happened. And uh, we'll see what happens tomorrow with the Wayne Gretzky one. And they've claimed uh, that they have solved this and that it won't be able to, you won't be able to do that tomorrow. Yeah, really, really a sour ending to what was seemingly a, a really successful drop at first, but back at it again this week, as Justin just said, for those hockey players like myself and producer Coop and Neil and any of the, the Canadians out there in the Top Shot world, we've got the great one himself launching tomorrow, 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. Same exact setup as, as the Brady one. So five drops each on two different days. The first ones being the, the unsigned ones, the second one being the signed copies, and the prices are the same. So, so are these are these like automatic ROI upside? Whatever you buy, if you go yeah. buy anything, you're gonna make a ton of money on it. They will I think be. so. Yeah, they will be. And so what are these actually? So these are still preseason access passes. The general idea is if you get one of these passes, you will be able to have access to the limited edition Wayne Gretzky NFTs that will later be sold. Um, these are limited edition too. So I'm not sure what the big difference is. It seems like it is more of a, they're selling these at a very low price to get people involved, to get people in. And, um, I, you know, I think, Hey, if they don't have the same issue that they have with the queue tomorrow and everything else goes as smoothly as it did yesterday, then it's going to be a, you know, a, a very, a great success. Um, but, uh, you know, great success. <laughs> much better accent than I half-assed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so I mean, I'm definitely gonna try and get some some Gretzky's without a doubt. And uh, you gonna open a second tab? I'm definitely gonna open a second tab just to try it. Maybe I'll run you guys, see what happens. I guess you yeah. have to, right? And I mean, yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm definitely not like trying to skirt the system or anything, but like, I'm hoping that I try to open that second tab and something happens and it says you are locked out or you can't do, it, or, you know, just something to give people confidence because I know that there are hundreds if not thousands of people that will be trying to open those second tabs tomorrow based off you know learning about this either through twitter or through whatever three computers hundreds of tabs on each computer just oof. i mean it took top shot a while to get it right don't get yeah breath. no it did it, and it's, it's so breath. funny it's man so every, every time every time things like this happen it's just like makes me realize how much people take for granted how smooth Top Shot is running now. Listen, when right. there's lots of money to be made, people are going to figure out how to exploit that yep. system try to make yep. lots of money. It's not that complicated. A lot right? of smart people out there. When, we, smart say, out when there. we say lots of money, though out of 12s, I think they sold for at least 50, 75K and they're currently going for over 100. Not that there's buyers at 100, but I, I, mean, I guess you could check sales. But like, this isn't pennies. What is it? I, it's hard to tell. Is that 107? 107, yeah. Where, where can I see the sales? Uh, scroll down a little. Um, yeah, what if I view it on autograph? Uh, let's try select and buy. Because I know if you click on an individual one, you can see its history. Um, Confirm. Do it. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe try click on like the number four. Can you, is there like a ability to click on that? No, no, no. no. On the page. So this four. is just what it is. It's like a picture of Tom Brady. It looks like a shiny gift card. Yeah. So if you click on that, you scroll down. Empire Maker is the one who's selling this. Um, uh, and okay. maybe scroll up to the top. Did Empire Maker buy it? So I'm pretty sure he bought one. It seems too much of a coincidence that he would have gotten Empire one. Maker list, got one and then listed it for 145. Yeah, so Empire Maker has been. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Empire Maker is a DFS legend. Yeah. Oh man, he got one. Of <laughs> or he bought it and it just doesn't show. I'm not yeah. positive because yeah. I could have seen him buying it for like 50k or something. And yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's what John Brady said. That that's what I thought I saw. Okay, he, he got, got it for 45k. Got it. Got it. Got it. Oh, cool. so we'll see. But uh, no, I know I'm. Overall, I'm excited for this. I think it's great. I think the the top of the funnel that it's you know that it's widening, that it's bringing people in, all these people who are into DraftKings and now just learning NFTs. And uh, yeah, their first just like the people who went to summer league and their first experience is buying a five dollar moment and going on Top Shot and being able to sell it for seventy five or a hundred. These people's first experience is buying one for twelve dollars, whatever it is, and flipping it for a couple hundred. Uh, Is that the best long term? I don't know. We kind of we kind of saw the pros and cons of it in Top Shop, but uh, without a doubt, it definitely piques the interest of people who are already on the speculative sports betting, sports wagering, sports gaming side of things. Yeah, DraftKings power users and NFTs are like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's going to be a good combo, and then hopefully we'll see those people migrating over on to Top Shot. There you go. There you go. Speaking of Top Shot, shall we? open a pack here gentlemen let's do it let's do it do it up all right so we have a seeing stars and we have a cool cats and we've got a playoffs and two base sets so we're got which which one of those packs has the most utility i don't know i mean i hear (laughs) that 
seeing stars may so we shall see but uh cool cats right now currently does um but maybe maybe let's let's uh let's rip the cool cats let's rip that cool cats all right Let's rip the so cool, cats. cool cats. I ripped packs. I ripped packs in the kiosk at Summer League, um, because like uh, Steady Breaks was there, and they just like gave me packs to rip. And they were okay. doing like giveaways with people. It's a lot of fun to rip a pack in a crowd. Like <laughs> good feeling. If you think it's fun on a stream, yeah, that's got to be a crowd. Nice. It's a good time. You didn't do it on the big screen though, or were you I able will. to? Yeah. Okay. Man, that looked awesome. Yeah. Everyone's cheering. You pull up. Like, yeah, that looked fantastic. Yeah. Everyone's drinking. Everyone's ripping packs. Good time. That sounds awesome. The next best thing is ripping it open in front of all you people out there. So here we go. We've what got kind cool of music cats. do we got? It's been a while since the Cool Cats. Oh, that's loud. Oh, it's not loud for us. <laughs> is that loud for you guys? Not at all. No. What? <laughs> <laughs> Forget it. No, we can't hear it at all. Was that loud for you guys? No, we couldn't hear a thing. But that's okay. It sounds like you don't have any eardrums. Oh my! No, I'm so <laughs> it's like blasting in my ears. Holy lord! All right. Well, we're not gonna listen to the music because I'm gonna go deaf <laughs> if we do that. I don't know why it was so loud. I was then I was messing with the, my. I don't know. Who knows? All right. Top left. Top left. Boom. Love it. Let's go. Ah, we got 18, 361. Oh, Clint Clint he was in part, part of one of the uh, Cool Cat challenges as a common back in the day. Boom. Good moment. A little Clint Capella. Always love a nice alley-oop. What do you think next back rip? Uh, top right. Okay, we got uh, 21015. PJ Tucker. That's the three. Thrilling. Oof. A real keeper. Nice smooth stroke. Close game. That three points mattered. Speaking of the Pistons, I saw uh, you just watched it. I watched this past weekend too. Malice in the Palace. That was fun. Yeah, they did a really good job. And it wasn't too long. I, I had no idea how like affected Jermaine O'Neal was by that incident. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because he, he had the court cases and stuff and then eventually ended up being cleared in the federal. But like that doesn't. Yeah. I mean, that weighs on you. Yeah, for sure. Bottom left. 11. Oh, Nick. For the Knicks. Little RJ. Love this play. Pick six. So that's our cool cat. I have a few of those. Mm. Love it. Uh, Slash 15. Boom. I like it. Who's your favorite Nick currently right now? Uh, Probably RJ. RJ and Quickly. I mean, I love the whole team. Like, I, I love this Knicks team as it stands more than... Probably most teams of my peak fandom and, and youth, but uh, you know, when, like Ewing Knicks, I was a kid, so like, yeah, I love that team, but I wasn't like, a huge Knicks fan when I was like nine. Um, I love RJ. I love quickly. Randall's great. So, who's RJ, your free agent target? Hmm. Who's your free agent target? I'm happy with what they did. I didn't want them to like blow up the team or trade everyone. Um, I didn't want them to sign Kawhi because of the injuries. I didn't want them to trade for Dame. I'm happy with the team they have. I would rather them grow organically. They have a really young core. They're all really good. A lot of promise. Just keep it, uh, take their time, you know? I like it. Playoff series is fun. Yeah, I agree. Two more. Let's see. Ooh. Oh, oh series. Oh, MVP. Here, we go. Ooh. here we go. There you go. Pretty good. Pack. That's a clean serial, too. 
Four, five, six, seven. Look at that. Oof. Oh, that's nice. Fat Blackula will buy that from you for like, I like a game. <laughs> I like that. Put it I'm in the ball. Hold on to that bad boy. All right. Sorry, finish strong. What do we got here? here? Let's get a bag. One, two, zero, two, oh, three. True. Two holiday. Little championship badge on oh, that yeah. one. A little badger. Ooh, ooh. He's very good stuff. at basketball. Boom. That's my first. I mean, I have championship badge. Move my, first, my first championship pull. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very nice. Strong pack. What do you think of Teach? I don't know. What do we think here? I, I'm always wary after I gave away that Kyrie Irving. Let's see what. <laughs> I uh, I don't think anything thing anything is too crazy here. Um, Nothing too crazy. Around like 30, 40, maybe I don't know. Uh, it's only fifteen. RJ, I, I'll, I'll give away that RJ because I've already got the cool cats full set go. myself. You don't give away so, everything, so I'm. Uh, we try to space out what we give away. We oh, we eventually end up giving up everything. I thought you would have given out all five. <laughs> this is uh, this is the only way we have to actually increase moments in our collection right now. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> all right, let's uh, let's do the RJ Cool Cats for the people and for the fact that we've got Pack Rip, the Knicks fan, on the stream. We're gonna go ahead give away this RJ moment, producer Coop. If you could go ahead and take over. Show the people the lovely wheel. Hopefully, you all have spoken in the chat. If you have, you're on the wheel. If you have not, oh well. Let's have a little fun. Spin that wheel. To join me in the Cool Cats Club, the Nine Lives Lounge. Well, if you're in the other 29. They're on their, on their way. Oh, oh, is that Christian? Love it. Christian Hardy, how's it going? Christian. Oh, is he in? He, he was in chat earlier. Uh, he was in I chat earlier. Him. Yeah. Congrats, yeah. Christian. I don't know your top shot username, but uh, we, we can ping you we on. We can find uh, him. We'll, we'll ping you on Twitter. Congratulations, Christian. Um, and uh, this was fun. Right. This was fun. Can I give away a moment? Yeah, sure yeah, let's thing. do it. What do you want to do? Should I just pick something from my collection? Yeah, whatever. I will. Uh, oh, I will give go. away. Uh, we both try to pick the same thing. Yeah. You were, you were in Jack Christian. The uh, the Kemba Walker playoff moment and the Bam Adebayo playoff moment. Ooh, love it, love it. And let's give both of those to one person. Okay, that is uh that is a very generous and uh, very lucky winner. We're going to have Bam and who was yep. it? Bam and Kemba, playoff moments. Bam and Kemba, I love it. Here okay. we go. We're spinning it. We got the coupe lag, my favorite. I know, right? Uh, here we go. One word, Alex. Congratulations. Alex. I like it. So normally we would say DM Lots Pack Rip, you probably got your DMs open, right? My DMs are open. Let's do one more. Is that okay? Sure. Yeah, I just don't think, I don't think, you know, eh, you know, I, I think we got to go. Like we, we just have too much generosity <laughs> People always out want here. one more. <laughs> I think Let's they would do, love it. I have a Cam Reddish playoff moment three-pointer, serial 4727. And we'll pair that 
with Daniel Gafford playoff 6,500, a Gafford reddish special combo platter. Is that a top shot debut? No. Boom, boom. Gafford. Okay. Combo platter. This is another two for one. Another two for one. Let's spin that wheel. Spoiling your fans. <laughs> Love it. They uh, they are very appreciative. They've been a great chat tonight. Is it going to make it? It is top shot, Ezla. Beautiful. Congratulations, Alex. Mm-hmm. I saw you in chat. You got the woo. Uh, top shot, Ezla. Alex, if you guys can DM Packrip with your top shot username um, or feel free to do it to us and we can send it to him as well. Um, he will get you it. And I don't know when you opened them. Uh, I guess it probably was more than a week ago, so you should be able to get more than a uh, week. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll catch up with Christian as well. So congratulations, everyone. Congrats to the people. And thanks for joining us yet again this evening. Fun times as always. Pack Rip, my friend, thank you for joining us. Tell the people where they can find you, and we will go ahead and get out of here. You can follow me on Twitter at Pack Rip Ewing, and you could follow Pack Rip Media. Um, and you could also visit packripmedia.com for all of our latest articles, podcasts, videos, and all that good stuff. Uh, plenty more coming soon. So thank you all in advance for those follows. And guys, thanks for having me. Good times. Appreciate it. Yeah. happy to. And it cut out for me at least right at the little URL, but packripmedia.com. That's the one. Perfect. Just wanted to make sure. Uh, thank you for coming on. This was fun. And uh, it, it was great kind of following your little adventure, uh, your experience in Vegas, uh, living vicariously through you over the past few days was very fun. Uh, we are appreciative for you coming on the show. And uh, it's always fun chatting with you. Thanks, guys. My goal was definitely to uh, let people live vicariously through me. So I'm glad I achieved <laughs> <used> my mission. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Go ahead. Follow Pack Rip. Check out all of his stuff. And we will be back next week. So on behalf of Justin, on behalf of Pack Rip, and on behalf of Producer Coop Behind the Scenes, I am TJ Lasig, and we will see you guys next time.